everybody and welcome to the monthly reset because we don't have time to do this every week i'm bobby shortle and i'm here with justin townsend hello hey justin well we're back it's definitely been a month since we recorded we definitely didn't record another podcast somewhere in the middle there who would do that who would do who would say they're doing a monthly show and then record one you know a week after that or whatever crazy people crazy people um Welcome back, everybody, to the Monthly Reset. Uh, this is your second regular episode of the show. Uh, we've got uh, a month's worth of stuff to talk about, though a lot of it's going to look like the stuff I think that we talked about last month. <laughs> um, um, actually, no, last month we didn't get to talk really about any of the, the games we had like sunk a bunch of time into. Yeah. We mostly did the best games of last year and kind of briefly went over, hey, we're not digging Anthem, spoiler alert, we saw it didn't dig Anthem. It went back, got traded in, it went away. Um, and uh, we're on to some other games. We got a bunch of Battle Royale stuff to talk about this week, which is going to bring us into a new segment that that will premiere this week. The games that we were played over the last month and a couple of games that we're looking forward to, as well as some listener questions. Um, but before we get to that, Justin. Bobby. You and I both got... A fancy, fancy controller. We did. I'm very excited about it. It's my first ever fancy controller. Me too. I've never bought a fancy controller before. I thought a lot about buying that Xbox One a bunch of times, but I never bought it. The Elite, I never bought it. Um, But we both got the Astro C40TR. I think, believe that is, I, think, I believe it's tournament. Is, it's tournament ready. Yes, it it's is tournament, tournament, it's tournament ready. ready. Um, it's it's a basically it's and it's officially licensed by um, Sony for for the PlayStation, and it's um yeah it's a Elite Premier I guess Pro controller however you want to like classify it. Um, it's got um, swappable sticks and repro- reprogrammable buttons and extra buttons and trigger stops and and, and all that kind of stuff. I've had it for a few days now. Justin, you just got yours today as when we're recording yep. this. Have you got a chance to play anything with it yet? No, nothing. I no. took it out of the box and oogled it for a while and held it in my hands while I watched the Met game, trying to get used to the weight and the feel of it. It's very sturdy. It's it very feels, sturdy. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, it's heavy. It's got a it's got a heft to it. I'll say that for me, oh, which says it's a two hundred dollar controller. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous price to pay for a, a controller. This is for yeah. This is for enthusiasts of I would say first-person shooters only. Yeah, or, or people who just maybe have a lot of disposable income. Um, we're one of those two kind of people. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this is why I'll be sad when br- brick and mortar like physical things go away because I never would have bought this thing if I hadn't traded in like nine games in order to in order to get it. Um, I did the same thing though, but I did it on Amazon. Right, right, right. I, I just mean like if they get rid of physical copies of things, no matter oh, what, no matter yeah, where okay. we go, we're not gonna have a chance to trade them in. So I ended up paying about forty dollars, I think, for the controller when it all was said and done after I traded everything in. Um, so that's not doesn't make me feel too bad. Although I probably I could have bought like four games, three games for the price of the controller that I bought. Um, Don't think about it. 
Uh, I'm not going to think about it because I, I have been enjoying it. I will say that it has a nice heft to it. I've played Bimplinger for about a week. I My hands had to get used to, I, I think, the, 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 the heaviness and sort of like the shape of the controller. Because, I mean, it is basically the same size as the PlayStation controller, but it's got a little bit of a different design to it. So my hands got a little crampy for for, for like the first like day or two while it was they were getting used to it. But now I feel I'm, I'm feeling a good place with it. Um, the cool thing is you can swap the sticks around so you can make them like Xbox configuration if, if that's the way you like to play, which I've been playing that way. Um, you can swap the sticks and the D-pad so that you can do that. And there's like two buttons on the back that you can program kind of automatically just in the controller. You hold down a button. You press the button on the back, you press the button you want to program it to, and it remaps the controller on the fly, which is great. And you can have two profiles you can switch between. So for you know games like Apex Legends or, um, or other Battle Royales or other shooters, there, you know, there are abilities that aren't on the triggers. That means you have to move your hands off the triggers or off the sticks to touch you know, the other buttons. And in an ideal world, you wouldn't have to do that, right, to throw something or switch to an item or to heal or to whatever the thing is. So you can remap that stuff. Um, it, it's definitely an indulgent purchase. I will, I'm not going to say like it's something that anybody needs. I will say for my particular instance, I've had a lot of trouble because my, like all of my electronics are very close together, including my router um, has caused like wireless interference with my controllers. Um, like when I'm playing, a regular game I'll be playing a game of apex and suddenly my character will just start moving to the left without me touching the stick. Um, and I can't, there's nothing I can do to fix it. It just like kind of happens sometimes doesn't happen other times. It hasn't happened at all since I have the controller, which is, which is great. Um, you can do wireless or wired mode is the other part of it too. Um, it's cool. I feel like a little bit of a poser for having it. I'm not going to lie, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to move past that. That's all right just own it and accept that <laughs> you're a poser and that everybody else is, is looking at us like we're crazy. Once you accept those things, life gets easier. But I will say you are good at first person shooters. So I feel like you're less of a poser than I am. To me, I'm like, I'm still going to get three kills, but at least my controller is not going to float while I'm doing it. You know, like that. Unless we're playing Battlefield, which we'll talk about later. We'll talk about Battlefield. We'll talk about probably will beat me in kills. We'll talk about Battlefield. Um, yeah, so we both got a fancy controller. That's cool. Um, Justin will have more to say about it, I'm sure, next month after he's got time to to dig into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got some some games we've been playing. I want to get through them get through those games. Um, a new From Software game came out called <sighs> Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And Justin has played way more of this game than I have, so I'm going to let Justin take the, the ball run with it. Justin, tell me. This is your second From game after Bloodborne. You haven't played a From game since Bloodborne. You haven't even like dipped. You haven't even been like, oh, I'm going to try Dark Souls 3 or, oh, they put out these new editions of the Dark Souls games. I'm going to try them. This is your first From game since Bloodborne, which is what, 2014? 13 or 14. 13 or 14? I think 14. Yeah, I think 14. You're right. 14. Um, how are you feeling about it? Does it compare to that game? Can you compare it? Um, are the comparisons sort of stupid what what how do you feel um i hate it so <laughs> it's a from game uh-huh uh i it's funny when i played bloodborne 
there were moments where I, during the day, would be like, I'm really excited to go home and play Bloodborne. And then as the moments got closer to me sitting down, I started dreading it Mm -hmm. and just did not want to play it. And this game is following that suit. Um, But I'm trying to see my way through it. It's... It's got some things that are similar to Bloodborne um, and some things that are way different. Uh, there's no more in, in the previous, you know, games from the, I'll say in the Souls line, which we're going to add Bloodborne in. When you die, you know, you run back, you can grab your souls. So you get back your, your money and, and so on and so forth. Justin, and excuse me, you... I think they're called Soulsborne. Oh, so sorry. Okay. So sorry. I couldn't think of the name for these stupid video games. Okay. Um, so you could go back and you know grab those uh, those souls and you wouldn't lose any experience. They take that away in Sekiro, where if you die, you lose part of your money and part of your experience, and your experience is what you're using to level up and buy skills. Um, you're basically using the same weapon the entire time throughout the game, so you're not getting in Bloodborne like a whole bunch of different weapons. You're just basically using this katana. And then just getting abilities to use with it. Um, if you die, you can resurrect once right on the spot and choose to continue the engagement or you can run away. The more you resurrect, though, you have negative consequences throughout the world. There's this thing called blood rot where uh, all the NPCs in the world are getting sick and it's, uh, you know, it's an add on to the story. And, of course, in my world, everybody was super sick until I healed them all, which I've already done because I died so many times. Uh, <laughs> it being a From game, it doesn't really tell you anything up front. Like, I'm, you know, I didn't really watch any videos of this or any reviews or anything like that. I just saw, like, okay, like, this is the one I'm going to play because I, I saw the, the the original trailer or maybe it was the second trailer. Um, it's a lot more fluid yeah. than Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. You are able to jump and you have a grapple hook and you are constantly like jumping and grappling around it's not like an action game but it is important to have the right angles in these engagements where you want to get behind people and stealth attack them it's a it's a much more stealth focused one of these games um like any other um soulsborne game you don't want to get overwhelmed uh you don't want to be really fighting more than one person at a time um, but they do their really interesting um, narrative stuff in the items. Uh, so, like, you're, you can walk up to a lake and there's a man talking to you from this um, bottle or um, this uh, jar, uh, jug. And he's like, can you get me some fish scales? And there's these giant cod, like, swimming around the pond or the lake that he's in. And if you can, like, stealthily kill one of these fish and take the scales, you could buy items. They don't tell you what the items do at all. <laughs> um, and, you know, that if you've played From games, you're very familiar with that. Um, some items they will tell you, like, hey, this will increase your healing a little bit. But most of the items is, let me go to Google and look up and see what this does and see if I should take it right now. And, you know, they have their linear, like, it's more linear, I'll say, than um, Bloodborne was. Like, Bloodborne, you'd go through a level, and um, there'd be different branching paths, but this, I meant to say not linear. This is much more not linear than oh, okay. Bloodborne. Um, at one point in the story, they, like, warp you to a completely different area, like, just out of nowhere, 
and it's like okay should i be in this area right now i'm encountering enemies that i feel like i shouldn't be here right now but in in that area there's like a second path you could go on a third path you could go on and it feels like you kind of have to be bouncing back and forth between these areas a lot uh i finally took down the first two mini bosses in the last 24 hours on sunday night i was pretty sure i was never playing the game again (laughs) uh just because it was just hard And, and the thing about these games that i can't stand is um there was a boss in Bloodborne where I just couldn't beat this boss. I was on him for three or four hours, and he was a completely optional boss. That He was like a secret one that you like. You had to do a certain amount of things in order for this carriage to come pick you up and take you to this castle. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it was the Kanehurst Castle one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was on it for hours and hours, and every time I died, I would have to run through this castle and run past like five or six enemies. And I just, I always hated that. And I'll never forget Steve was saying like, yes, but you're in this like blood ballet. And I was like, Steve, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is back in early talking comics days or talking games days. Um, and the like, same thing here. Like for me to fight this, one of the mini bosses, I had to run past nine enemies, which four of the enemies I had to take out no matter what, because they were all guarding him. So you had to very carefully stealth your way around. And I must have fought this boss because I'm terrible at these games. I must have fought this mini boss like, let's say, like 11 or 12 times. But every time I would just have to run back and get rid of these people in order, you know, uh, hope that they dropped a couple of healing items. Because if not, then you have to go farm healing items. And that's the part about these games I really hate the most is they are so difficult. But even when you... um you do really well and you get up to like a boss area and you're like, Oh, thank God. Like at any other game, it would just save you right at the boss door because the boss is going to be hard enough. But in here, it's like, they make you repeat like the very monotonous steps of sneak past these guys, stealth, kill these four guys. Okay. Now, hopefully you didn't take a single hit (laughs) and now you can go ahead and, and fight the boss. And that's the part I hate. But as I said, in our discord chat, these games give you a sense of satisfaction that most games don't when you complete whatever it is that you're banging your head against. Like when I beat that first ogre boss, I felt great. I felt fantastic. And then later that day, because I was feeling so good, I, it took me a couple of tries, but I was able to beat this other spear boss that is a complete asshole. <laughs> so these games are the complete package. I, I think they're extremely well made. They are for a certain subset of people. They are not for everybody. They are for people who are very good at these hard games, enjoy the challenge of hard games, or people who really hate themselves, and I fall into that latter camp. <laughs> the thing about Sekiro, I, I haven't played. A, I haven't played a ton of it yet. I've only played a few hours. Um, the the thing that's different about it, and th- this is why it's, and it's also so, sort of the way that was in Bloodborne too, is that there there isn't a lot of. Well, there's actually probably more defense in Sekiro than there is was in Bloodborne because you can actually block in Sekiro. It's a but, main component of the game. Yeah, but the thing about the, the thing about like the Souls series v Bloodborne now v Sekiro is that when you play the Souls games, you have complete option, the complete option to just you know turtle up, like get, find the heaviest, best armor you can find, get a nice shield, get a sword, and just you know block and then and then strike when the when you have an, an opportunity, right? Um, Sekiro even goes farther than Bloodborne did in this area where in Sekiro, the life bar barely matters at all, right? Like the, like the, the actual amount of life they have is like, 
when you get it down, you can break their stance faster, but it's not like if you get rid of all their life, they're going to die. You have to get those death blows on, on, on like the bosses in order to kill them. So yeah. it, it, so it's this, it's this interesting thing where the, the fights can either be wars of attrition where you, it's like, just like a dark souls or a bloodborne boss, or you could, if you're good enough, you could beat these bosses in two hits. You know, if you're good enough, you, you know, if you're good enough to, um, break their stance immediately and, and hit them with their, hit them with these death blows, maybe not two hits, but not a lot of hits, right? Like, yeah, there are, um, to break the posture, let's like, I was talking about that shield guy. Yeah. Right. So like he has two full health bars. So what you really want to do is he had those four people surrounding him as you want to clear out those four people without being seen. And then if you sneak up on him and he's constantly moving around, you can walk right behind him and stab him in the back and it Mm. erases an entire health bar. Right. Whereas if you're not playing stealthily, you, your challenge is that much harder. And for him, um, there's a certain counter that you learn for his thrusts. And if you block, if you break, um, if you do this counter, I think three times or four times, it completely breaks his posture. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, it opens him up. So right. like, it, it's about just like figuring out what to do to make these guys break their posture. Right. Yeah. Which, which is a totally different system than it. it what's interesting about Sekiro is they took a couple of the mechanics in that are from the, the, the Soulsborne games, the breaking the posture has always sort of been there, right? It's in, it's in Bloodborne. It's those visceral hits. You know, some of you'd open the enemies up, it, that sound would happen that like burn sound. And, and you would know if you got to them and hit them, you would do like a massive blow to them. Um, and in dark souls, it was the backstab. If you got behind them and hit them, you would do this sort of like vicious hit that would take a lot of their stance, a lot of their life away. Um, they've made that a central mechanic of Sekiro as well as they've made, um, you know, the parry mechanic, like a central mechanic, which is a mechanic I never could do in the dark souls games. Um, and was okay at in bloodborne with the kind of like gun parry system that that I couldn't do it at all in bloodborne. And I think it is much easier in this game. Um, so it's just, it's fascinating to me because I think that a lot of people who were super into the souls games, you know, when this game was coming out, everyone, their whole messaging was, it's, you know, it's got that lineage, it's got things in common, but it's not going to be one of those games. And, and I think they, they pulled the dirtiest trick of all, which was the players who play their games and feel like, okay, like, yeah, they're really hard, but I have a handle on at least how to, like, make my way through them. We're probably worse off than the people coming in with no experience at all in these games, because playing it like a Souls game you're going to get worked like constantly that you can't play it that way. Uh, and I think it's fascinating that this developer continues to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. The last, from what I've heard, the last boss is maybe sure. the worst out of all the games. <laughs> um, just from like, you know, and I'm, I'm reading like spoiler filled things. Cause I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not playing this game for the story. I'm playing it because I, like I said before, I hate myself. Right, right, of but, course. Oh my god, that last boss sounds just so unbelievably bad that I, I'm like, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of even progressing <laughs> even further. But I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, yeah. So that's Sekiro. Um, hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting some time into it, more time into it, and Justin will have his love hate relationship. I'm he'll finish. You'll finish it because you just won't let yourself not finish it. Um, Probably. So uh, you, I know you want to talk. You didn't really get to talk about it last time you, you finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I did. 
Um, I have not been able to stop thinking about that game, which is such a weird thing to say <laughs> about an Assassin's Creed game. It is. But the ending is just absolutely crazy. Like, they did some really interesting things with Assassin's Creed this time out. You know, they, they kind of toyed around with it in Origins, and I don't remember if I mentioned this the last time or not. But, like, in Origins, you had those, like, weird ancient um, boss battles where, like, there was a giant Anubis in the ground and you were throwing <laughs> things at him. And they were like, well, what if we just took this idea and actually just went with it? And so you got to fight these, like, four, three or four giant creatures in the game, and they're hard battles, um, but really cool. And the story is just so off the walls crazy. It ended up, like... Giant Bomb in their like best moments of the year listed it, and when it came up, I ended up just skipping past it because I didn't want to know what it was because I knew I was going to mm -hmm. play it, and I'm glad I did that because <laughs> sitting on the couch and um, seeing it happen was one of those like, I can't believe they actually went in this direction. It's really awesome. <laughs> I liked it so much that I was going to trade the game in for the controller, but I want to spend more time with Cassandra, and hmm. I'm gonna download the seasons pass and play it when all when like the next big thing comes out like the next okay. big thing is centered around atlantis and i'm sad that they're leaving cassandra like i was sad they left bayek uh and aya uh but i'm really sad to leave cassandra she's one of my favorite protagonists definitely my favorite protagonist from the assassin's creed series but like one of my favorite protagonists in that structure of game that like open world <laughs> rpg she was really fun to play as that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and those games just continue to shine for me. And I know that some people get really burnt out, I guess, on that style. Um, but that style speaks to me in a big way. And, like, by the time the next one rolls around, um, I'll be ready to jump in, in there. Especially with the way they leave it off. They leave it off in a very weird way. It, that series is fascinating to me. What what they've done with it is the, is the fascinating thing. For me, like if you looked at it now compared to what it was before, it's like, almost not the same game. It's not the same. It's not the same game, which is crazy because there there were such popular games. You, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the part like, that's like nuts. I, I played that entire game without the hidden blade. The hidden blade is one of the that's DLC crazy. chapters, but there's no hidden blade in the game at all. Hmm. Um, in the main story and I put like 60 hours into it and I honestly I could put another if I had to guess for me to like platinum that game or, or to you know see everything it's mm -hmm. probably like another 150 hours if you want to it's like they're just waiting for you if you want it but I ended up doing a lot of it I reached the level cap at hmm. level 50 or whatever and I, I think they've increased the level cap now with the DLC stuff but I did that in like 60 hours and I don't regret a single second of it I can't wait to see what they do in the future Especially because the way it ends, it like the future stuff that like the modern day stuff actually matters now, right? In a way that it hasn't since I'll say like the heyday of what was it Desmond? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Desmond was the there was a lead protagonist in like or the you know the first, the modern day in the first couple up until th well up until three, th uh, th three through three he was the the main character of the modern day stuff. Um, if we do, oh, see, but it was from last year, so I can't even do like the award stuff for like craziest moment in, uh, for this year. No. But man, it's really good. Go listen Seek to Giant out. Bomb talk about it because they—that's the—that always made me got to play the. I mean, to play the game. I was like, maybe I should play this. That's so what, weird. That's what happened to me when I heard it. I was like, man. Should maybe? I just say it? I'm just gonna say it because yeah, the game's been out long spoiler enough. Spoiler on spoilers uh, on Assassin's Creed Odyssey from October. Yeah. 
Yeah, Basically, yeah, yeah. you're playing as either Cassandra or Alexios for the um, the entire game, and you're finding out that your father is has been studying uh, the race of people that came before, and uh, you know all the games hint at this stuff. But your father is holding this staff, which has kept him alive for a long time, and in the end of the game, he entrusts the staff to you. And it's like, fast forward to the modern day, and your character, so for me it was Cassandra, comes out and meets the modern day protagonist wearing like a pantsuit <laughs> and has been like alive this entire time. So it's just wild that they took like the your character from hundreds, what is it, thousands of years ago and just brought them forward uh, to like the modern day where she's like, I've lived a long life and hands you the staff. And now you are now like the modern day character is now like a mortal and your character dies then and there. But just the fact like they bridged the two worlds was so crazy. It is nuts. It's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I that I was definitely like, hmm, this seems cool. It's, um, it, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, so a game that you didn't give up on Sekiro, but a game you did give up on Justin Metro Exodus. I hate giving up on video games. I know it's you a do. rare thing that I do it. We're and I've done it twice. I know I, I did it with, uh, with Anthem too. It, it feels wrong for some reason, even though it's not, it's definitely not. It's definitely no, totally I fine. I know <laughs> if we weren't podcasting again, I probably would have stuck it out with both of those. Um, all right, but Metro Exodus, I played the first Metro, which I think mm-hmm. was, 2033 um and i can't remember what the second one was called uh last light was the was the second one okay yeah um it was a weird game i can't tell you much of what happens except i know that bullets were currency Mm -hmm. and the shooting felt really bad so fast that was a long time ago fast forward oh i don't know um a couple years and at last year's e3 they showed metro exodus which was supposed Mm -hmm. to be a much more open world um not survival well i yeah i'll say survival because those games really did limit your options with combat um bullets were very scarce um and this game continued their insanely bad mechanics um which was a bummer because i thought that the characters were interesting even though it had some of the worst english voice acting i've ever heard in a game um (laughs) just really bad um but the shooting felt so goddamn awful that i couldn't play the game anymore it Mm -hmm. just felt unwieldy and think like the right comparison like you know when you're playing a uh, let's say like a skyrim type of game and you're swinging your axe and your axe just is connecting but you're getting no feedback imagine the complete opposite um where it's like you're getting so much feedback that nothing feels right (laughs) uh and everything felt like I was underwater. Hmm. Everything just was forceful and like aiming the gun took forever. No matter what I did with the settings, I couldn't make it feel any better. Um, and the levels themselves, like I got through like the, the first handful of levels and one of the levels I was in for like four or five hours, just this giant open desert. Um, they make it very open-ended for you. So you could tackle, you could tackle like multiple um, objectives in any order that you want. And there's optional objectives that you could go do and, I don't know. After like ten or eleven hours, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, right. There was a there was a part where you're in an irradiated zone, and I had didn't have enough crafting materials somehow, and I didn't have enough crafting materials to make a mask to keep my radiation down, or to heal myself, or to make bullets. 
And I must have ran around for like 45 minutes just over and over again looking for items to survive long enough to make these materials, like to make any one of those that I could have survived. And the part that broke it on me was the load times were so bad, like prey levels of bad on the console. Right. <laughs> like if you die, you're waiting like two minutes to get back in there. And if you're trying to load into the game, I hope you have 10 minutes to just sit there and stare at the screen. It's how this game was able to be shipped with the load times that bad on a PS4 Pro. I don't even want to know what it would possibly be like on a base model PS4. Yeah. But yeah, I like. I think I ended up being like two hours from the end and was just like, I think I'm just going to look up the ending of this. And it was kind of what I thought it was going to be. But hmm. I just didn't enjoy it at all. Which is sad, because I try and look for the best in everything. Um, yeah. But not recommended. Hmm. Uh, very much recommended, though. I've been playing Baba Is You, which is a puzzle game on... I'm playing on Nintendo Switch. It's also on PC. It's 15 bucks. Um, it's... I did a video on it, which is a much better way to show you what this game is and what how it plays, because it's it, it's a tough game to, I think, explain um, easily, but I'll do my best. Uh so it's a 2D puzzle game, and it's a game of rules. Uh, there, there are, but the, and the, the but the thing about the game is that the rules are actually in the level. So you are pushing blocks around. You are trying to get to a flag or get to a win state, but you can also push the words that make up the rules around. So, for an example, when you're in a level. One of them will say Baba is you and they'll actually be in the level. It will be on the level pushable items. It'll say Baba is you. And then there'll be one that says flag is win. Um, and block, sorry, wall is stop. Okay. And let's say there's a wall blocking you from getting to the flag, which is win. If you just push the word wall away from where it says is stop, Baba can just walk through the wall and go to the flag. And that's, the basic building blocks of what this game is. And it just sort of expands out and gets crazier from there, adding more and more conditions. You can put strings of words together. So Baba is you, but Baba can also, Baba can also be win at the same time. And you push Baba is win on there. And all of a sudden the level's just over. Cause you are Baba and Baba is win. So you win. Um, like all great puzzle games, you have the two states of, of, of being while you're in it. One of total and complete despair that you'll never, ever finish the level in which you're on because this is impossible. They made one that can't be solved. They, they, this game is broken. We like and to call that the Justin state. <laughs> the Justin perpetual state of puzzle game. And then the second state, which is complete euphoria because you're a genius because you're the only person ever who could have figured this puzzle out. And it does both of those very, very well. Um, you definitely have those moments where you're staring at and you're like, I just don't, I can't see how this possibly can happen. I, most of the time when that happens, what's cool about it is most of the time when that happens, you're not overlooking a simple like, oh, I just didn't like realize I could put this here. You're you're often just not seeing all the mechanics the game has presented to you and, and you're not, much like Portal or The Witness, I'll say those because those are two of my favorite puzzle games of all time. Um, 
you will look at it and all of a sudden say, oh, I didn't even realize I could like take these mechanics they've given me and shape them this way. Like that's what a lot, how, a lot of the puzzles end up being when, when you get them. Uh, it's great so far. I've heard it gets really, really, really hard. Yeah, so, that's what's keeping me from playing it right now. <laughs> um, my my only sort of like shield against that is I did beat the witness. So I like I when I think about hard puzzle games, that always kind of gives me like the the confidence to keep going in them because that game might be the hardest game I've ever played in my life. So um, I, I, I'm excited to keep going with it. I, it's, it's good. It's great for the switch because I can just pull it out, play a level or two, put it away, you know, go back and forth. I can play, I play it in bed sometimes. It's, it's like, Oh, it's almost like reading too. Cause in bed, like I'll definitely find it helps me to fall asleep because of the way my brain is engaged with it. But I'm loving it so far. It's the thing I've been putting most time into other than the shooters that we've been playing. So uh, that's the game that I've been playing the most with. So I think that's it for the games we've been playing, right? Oh, I played Devil May Cry 5. I didn't play all of it. I played probably three or four hours of it. It's uh, bananas crazy. Um, if you like Devil May Cry games, you'll like it a lot. There's a character who doesn't even physically attack himself. He has like familiars that attack for him. So he's like a demonic Pokemon trainer, which is pretty neat. It's a cool game, and it's got a it's got the crazy weird attitude that all those games have. Um, I would say if you're a Devil May Cry fan, like I said, play it. Um, but I don't have much more to say about it than that. I think we should talk about some battle royale. What do you think, Justin? Sure. Uh, First, let's talk about Apex Legends, because we didn't really talk about that last time. We just kind of said, hey, we love it, and moved on from there. Uh, we've played a lot of Battle Royale games now. We've played we played a lot of PUBG. we played a lot of Blackout. Um, now we're playing Apex. Firestorm, which is the Battlefield one, which we'll also get into, is out. Um, we, we've dipped our toes into other ones that we don't want to play, like the biggest game in the world. Um, <laughs> uh where does Apex stack up for you, Justin? What are the things you love about it? What are the things that you don't love about it? I think I would put Apex at the top for me. Okay. It's close with, I would say maybe Blackout because I just okay. put the most time into Blackout. Um, it's almost hard for me to really look at it and call it a Battle Royale just because every other Battle Royale experience, save for Fortnite, is so different from Apex. Mm-hmm. Um the you know the things they have in common is you start without a gun there's other people shoot them the wall is closing win um right yeah besides that apex does so many different things they allow you that respawn mechanic which has broken all other battle royale games <laughs> for me um so yeah i mean the that, i mean let's talk about like that's the main thing right is that you mm-hmm. can grab your teammates if they if you're you know in any other battle royale, you could be revived if you're up. If you're, you know, they, if you're knocked down but not completely dead, you could be revived. In right. other battle royales, you go down completely. Like they shoot you while you're on your hands and knees, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be sitting here for the next. If it's in the beginning of the match, you know, in PUBG, it could be I could be waiting a half hour for you guys. But in Apex, if you're down I'm completely, I could just grab your banner within. I'll say I have about 90 seconds to do it, and then run to a respawn or like a respawn beacon and bring you back back in 
now you'll come back in with no uh, no items or anything. But hey, you're back in the match. And if you're back in the match, we have a chance to win this, which we've done before. Right, yeah. And it takes around the Overwatch thing where you have these characters, you have these abilities, um, which I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about in a Battle Royale. But they're just so damn fun. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the characters, I think, are way worse than other characters. And I think a lot, if you if you stream this game a lot or watch a lot of streamers, you're using like the same two or three characters, or let's say three or four characters all the time. Yeah. Whereas some people sure. like Caustic don't get played very often. Um, no. Because he's more situational. He's for like wanting to keep people out of an area. And it's like, okay, well, that's only good in X amount of spots. I can bring down rockets from the sky. What do you do? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the synergy between some of the characters is really good and adds for an interesting wrinkle in the Battle Royale formula. Um, the ability to have one character be able to activate infrared and another character to be able to drop smoke is really cool, where you can just cover your enemies and really impressive smoke tech which is i think the thing about the game that i am impressed by the most is how good that (laughs) smoke looks like usually Mm -hmm. water is what makes us look at games and go wow this is really impressive but their smoke is you can't see through it it's really good yeah Um, so to to be able to have a character who can see through that to pick people off is really cool so that synergy is there the guns feel good the movement feels great um the pinging system is revolutionary um every other every other co-op game has to have some sort of pinging system that they are going to ate from apex like it's like it should be the industry standard nobody in the year of our lord 2019 wants to get on the (laughs) internet and talk to strangers i don't want to talk to strangers you don't want to talk to strangers no strangers are not your friends for the most part um nobody wants to and the brave souls that do it, God bless you, but I'm just not one of them. I talk <laughs> yeah, to strangers no. enough doing this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they have, this, they have this system where you could be like, look over here. I, I have, you could say like, I'm, I'm looking for this particular item. They, they like, mm-hmm. they completely nail down the specifics of it. And uh, your teammate 30 feet away can just look down and ping that item and be like, oh, I have a level two shield right here for you. Or, you know, if you need health, like, you could be jumping around. And you know, in other games, if you weren't on mic, you'd just be jumping around, like, hoping they notice, like, oh, I, ha- I don't have any he- any health. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could easily drop that for you or look for it for you. Um, you can call out enemies here or I'm watching here. It's just a fantastic system. Um, let's go here. Let's stay here. Just really, really smart. Um, a really, really smart feature for them to add to a game where it's important to have communication, but most people, especially on consoles, don't want to speak to strangers. So right, yeah, I, know. I love it. Um, you and I have some interesting luck with that game. I, we've won more <laughs> in Apex than we have, I'll say, in PUBG and Blackout combined. You think that's true? It's close. I've won, like, I, I think I'm coming up on 14 or 15 wins. Have we won that much? You've won I mean, like I've two won, more times than I have. I've won with all eight characters and yeah. at least four times alone with Lifeline. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. And some of them have, I've won duplicates. Like I've won duplicates with Pathfinder somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I really enjoy it. How do you feel about it? Because I feel like your opinions of the game um, vary night to night. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that. 
I, I will say that I think of the sort of 2.0 Battle Royale experiences that I've had, it is probably my favorite. Um, I think there are things about the game, and I'll re- I will repeat these criticisms, not criticisms, but I guess desires of what I would like to see um, across all the Battle Royales we've played. Let's see all the AAA battle royales that we've played in the last year, because um, we've really sort of hit the time right where like we from three of the biggest, well, the two of the two of the biggest game studios. One of them has two of them, Apex and Firestorm. Um, Activision has Blackout. They've come out. The thing I will say is that, and Apex I think mitigates this a little bit because the player count's a little smaller. Um, so the mapping a little smaller isn't that big of a deal. Um, but for me, I, I, I like the, pro- the game, the progression of these games a lot. Like I like the, the strategy layer a lot. And I don't think any of them, um, have that same strategy layer that, that I loved about playing PUBG. But what I like about apex is that even though it's a smaller map, um, and you know, it's pushing towards engagement. The addition of these characters gives you another layer of strategy on top of just, Hey, here, let's run around and be the best at knowing when people are going to run out of areas and shoot them when they're coming out of areas. Right. Cause that's, that's what battle royales often boil down to. And it is, is, um, you to use to use the you know shooter terminology these people are going to rotate out of market because because the circle is coming and they have to and they're, they're going to head towards skull town right so if we wait here or we get to this place at a certain time we're going to catch people coming out of this place right that's a big part of battle royale strategy for not necessarily for us because <laughs> i feel like we never do it um but it is a big part of of overall like the sort of meta game of battle royales is people doing that. Um, and, and what I like about apex is that the wrench that gets thrown into it is the fact that there are these characters with different abilities and you go into a team with just the wrong team comp for you to handle with who all have their ultimate abilities and you can just get waylaid, worked. right? Yeah. yeah. You get it worked. Um, or you can work somebody else who you shouldn't work, you know? And, what I like about it is is that the different characters, although they the same movement speed, right, and the same health, they're, 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 it's not like Overwatch where, like, you've got a tank who has double the health of the damage dealer, right? Um, everybody has the, the same baseline stats, but when there are different characters that fit different play styles, right? And so it took me, like, it took me a while to work through. There's characters I really like. I really like playing Pathfinder. All the characters I really like playing have some sort of like mobility escapability thing that allows them to get away out of situations in a quick manner. Um, I like Octane, the new character, but the character I've kind of sent around is Wraith. I never thought if you had asked me, I made about a million dollars on which character I would have liked playing the most. I would have never pegged you for Wraith. It never would have been I would have uh, playing Wraith, and I play Wraith differently. I think than like like the high level players play Wraith. They lose her they use her abilities much more offensively. But what I love about the game is that and when this happened multiple times last night when we were playing, which was we got into a firefight, one of us or multiple us multiple went down, 
and is able to use my alt to open her alt is she can open a portal and run and then open another side of the portal and warp between them instantly. So, you know, you went down, I ran out with, I put the portal down inside a house, ran out of the house, ran around the rock and around a rock and put the portal in front of your crawling body. So you could crawl into the portal. We could go in there and I could resurrect you in the room. Um, and that happened multiple times. And like, that's really, it's a really cool feeling, right? Cause I feel like, yeah, maybe I'm not, I don't kill the person, the, the person, but I've helped the team. And that's the same, that's the same reason why I liked playing Overwatch, which was like, th- there was, there, there is a push and pull and there's more to do than, than just aim gun, shoot gun, which is why I think Apex is cool. Um, we have a sickness with finishing in second place in that game. I, we, you, like you said, we have like 12 to 14 wins we should have 25 wins 25 to 30 25 to 30 wins um let's be generous let's say that not all of those were chokes some of them we just got outplayed right but th- that's just saying that's even 25 to 30 we probably we probably finished second i don't know how many times 25 times probably yeah. at least i feel like at least once a night we're finishing in second place which is just crazy um i, I like the way it feels you know i, I think that it has a long time to kill. And that's the other thing about the game too, is that it's, it, it takes away um, for good and for ill, like the long range game, right? You're not going to, you're not really, unless you have the crate gun, like the, the supply crate gun, which is like super, like super sniper rifle. You're, you're not going to be like sniping people and taking them down in two hits and then moving on. Right. It's not that game. So the, the engagement is just like Blackout, I think, in a lot of ways, is, you know, medium to close. Like, that's sort of like the engagement range in, in Apex. Um, you just live a lot longer. You live a lot longer. So, it, you know, which can be, it's, it's great. And also it can be very frustrating when you're, when you like land an entire clip into somebody and they don't go down. Um, but overall, I would rather play it than a lot of, like, I'd rather play it than Blackout. Um, and I really loved Blackout and I really do like Blackout there's a new map actually they just announced um, we'll check that out which is tomorrow. like tomorrow which I'm sure we'll play a little bit of which it that it's Alcatraz that feels to me like it's Battle Royale but not really <laughs> like like because it's a very small map um, it seems like there's respawns in it if you go by like the hints in the trailer it seems like it's down but not the down but not down but not out mode they had, but just always. Which is their um, best mode. It's it's a great mode, but if it's a small, if it's a tiny map where you just respawn, then it's just a deathmatch game where you pick up guns. You you know what I mean? Like it's like, <clears throat> but I'm willing to try it. But 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 what I do like about that though is I don't mind these companies trying to do different things with the with the format and, and with the mode. Um, but what I'll say about Apex, and you mentioned the ping system, what, what to bring it onto into like a, a production standpoint from from my perspective, I just bought this. I'm not using it today. I just bought this mixer. It's specifically designed for podcasters, right? And you can tell that the people who made it, like either did a lot of podcasting or talked to a lot of podcasters, because it has a lot of little things in it that solve a lot of little weird problems that you don't think about unless you're doing it all of the time. And Apex feels like that to me, but from a shooter perspective, where it feels like the people at Respawn played a shit ton of these games and were like, what are the things that annoy us 
about playing these games. How can we fix it? How can we make it better? And the ping system is 100% that. There's so many times... Because how many times we use it playing on mic with each other? We have a full party of people on mic, and we're pinging things all over the place. Because it's just so much easier than being like, oh, I found a gun. It's in that, like, second building over there, upstairs. You know, or, like, I, f- I found that gun, and then the other person goes, oh, like, two minutes later, oh, I- actually, I'll take that gun because I found this thing. And you're like... Well, I don't know where it was now. Like I like I left it. It's in a building somewhere. I've gone in ten other buildings since then. This you mark it on the map and it goes. And like that's that's a great feeling, you know. Or enemies being somewhere. Like, look, I I like the I when when we played PUBG, I I like to get into it. I like that feeling of like they're at like fifteen north. Like you know, like see if you can see them. That's cool. But the fact that in Apex you can just go click, 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 and you can click where the people are, and you don't have to be, you know, a freaking navigator to figure out where the people are. I was always terrible. It's a cool that. thing. It's, it's a cool thing. Um, and and it, it helps a lot with, with us because Justin likes to say, there's somebody over here. And now he can just actually say it, and it will actually give me information <laughs> what that means. It's true. So uh, it's it's really cool. I mean... I like it a lot. We've put a ton of hours into it, you know, and, and I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. It frustrates me sometimes. And at the beginning, I definitely had a lot of struggles with trying to figure out how to play it the right way. Um, but now my back and forth mostly goes with like how I'm playing at it. You know, like I, I don't really have an anger at the game anymore. For me, it's more like, for me, it's this thing where I like, I feel like I'm so close to like doing well like doing very well that like it gets frustrating because I'm like, if I could just do this one other thing, you know? And like, that's when I get frustrated with, with myself more than I get frustrated with the game. But, uh, it's a very cool game. It is yeah. also a cool game. Shockingly, uh, battlefield came out with their firestorm mode, which is their mm-hmm. take on battle Royale, which I'll say if this game came out, if this game mode had came out when the game launched, I bet you battlefield five would have done a whole lot better than it did. Um, yeah it's a big map it's not PUBG sized but it's pretty big uh the difference in this mode is you can see where the circle is when you're in the plane to jump out they mm-hmm. didn't want to make it because it's only 64 players or 63 players um the map is so big they didn't want all these players scr- uh, spread across this giant map so you only get really about three quarters of the map to play in the game the part of this that makes Firestorm stand out than every other uh, Battle Royale is the wall or the circle that is shrinking on you <laughs> is goddamn terrifying. It is yeah. this insane wall of fire that if you are in a building and it is coming through the building, that building you are in is no longer going to be standing. Uh, so they've taken the things that Battlefield is known for, which is like destructibility, and it's like, oh, cool, that dude's hiding in a building. Let's just shoot. Let's just take these rockets and shoot the walls of the building and make the building fall down on him. Or we'll just hide. We'll just blow up the wall that he's hiding behind. Or there are tanks in this mode. Um, but even with the tanks, I still feel that it's really balanced. There's enough items out there, anti-tank or anti-you know armored vehicle weapons or gadgets that make riding in a tank perilous. We've all been in a tank and felt like we all right. We're winning the game right now mm-hmm. and we got destroyed within seconds. Yeah. Um, the shooting in Firestorm is a close 
Oh man, it's a close battle between that and Apex. I think I'll lean Apex more. You'll probably lean um, Firestorm more. Sniping mm -hmm. feels very good in this game. Yes, it does. Uh, it is sniping feels better um, than any of the games, and I'll say single shot weapons feel better in this game than any of the games. Uh, like you feel like I should be hitting these shots sometimes in other games, and you're just not for some reason. Mm -hmm. You're like I'm hitting these shots. I feel like I should be hitting in Firestorm, which is cool. Um, time to kill is exactly. I feel like it's perfect. It's exactly what it feels like in regular multiplayer in Battlefield. So if you're familiar with that coming in, it's just like, oh, old friend, hello, how are you? Um, and it's cool, like you're leveling your characters for multiplayer while you're in there. Um, you know, if you're playing a medic class, you know, you're unlocking from like you're gaining points for your class in that mode. So that way, when you go to multiplayer, you have a whole bunch of guns unlocked and you're always getting points um, for the overall characters just by doing anything, assisting, opening up safes, opening up armored vehicle stashes, um, spotting, suppressing. Um, the things about it that aren't great that Bobby and I both agree on is the map is very bare bones. Yeah. It, it feels like it, it uses more weather than the other maps. Like you're in areas mm -hmm. where it's sunny and you're in a, by, by a bunch of open water and there's grass fields and really nice looking. I mean, it's the nicest looking of these games yeah. by a country mile. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful looking. Uh, there's areas snow where there's snow. There's areas where it is snowing. Um, a really impressive looking map itself, but not enough variation in the spots to fight. It's like you're fighting in open fields or you're fighting in like rock formations or you're fighting in like the same set of houses throughout the entire huge map. There's like one or two places where it's a little bit different, where there's maybe some buildings with some verticality. But unlike the other games where in PUBG or Fortnite or Apex or Blackout where it's like we're landing at the construction site or we're landing at Skulltown or we're landing at, oh, give me a place in PUBG. Pachinki. Pachinki. Yeah. Everything there is a little bit different. So mm -hmm. it adds variation to like, all right, we've been landing in the same spot for a while. Let's try something else. But in here, it's like we could be fighting. It's like, cool, we're fighting in these houses in the snow, in the sun, in the spring, in the fall. Like, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, so it, it just – that needs a little work, and the looting, uh, looting interface is hot garbage. Yeah, the looting interface is crazy to me only because it's not like Firestorm is the first one of these things to come out. Like, there – literally, there have been five or six – major installments in this genre firestorm is the in fact firestorm is the last of them to come out and they just completely botched the looting system it it feels like they're going for the Fortnite thing where like you know you kill somebody in Fortnite, and it's just like sploosh here's all your items you know but in Fortnite, they all spread out really far and they all are color-coded and really easy to sort of parse and figure out um, in Firestorm, it just go they they fly out and they're all on top of each other. They get stuck in like weird places in the geometry of the level. You 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 can't see sometimes. Am I pick? Is this a gun? Is this ammo? Like it's such a weird. You e easily like, swap weapons to something that you don't want to swap to in like hot situations. Yeah. Like yeah. oh crap! I instead of picking up that ammo, I accidentally picked up this gun, which now needs to be loaded. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of a firefight. Now I'm dead. Yeah. Or you switch to a gun, you didn't realize it. 
you get into a house fight with somebody thinking you have a submachine gun that fires really fast, but no, you actually have two sniper rifles. It's fantastic. <laughs> Which happened to me. The UI in the game, like all Battlefield games, but like the yeah. UI of your screen is bad. Like, yeah, on the you have a beautiful looking video game, and the entire almost, I'll say, quarter of the right side of your screen is showing your inventory at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to see that. I know it's in my inventory. Yeah. Let me have yeah. that. Let me like. What if, what if the game that we won, if that dude was crawling instead of on my left, on my right, I would have never saw <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Because yeah. It, my, my, the guns I was holding would have blocked it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, I I think like all these games just give me like a representation, maybe the bottom of the screen, or even where you have it, just make it smaller. That shows me. This I have a right. I have a rifle, and I have this, and and this is the gun I have equipped, and I have a helmet and a vest, or you know whatever the things you can have in the game are to show me what 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 I have, um, and then get the rest of it off my screen. You know, like I don't need to see like that I have armor plates, armor plates, health packs, um, a grenade launcher, and this and that, and like fine. Also. I will say, and this is just this is a pet peeve of mine. This has nothing to do with this is the way they do it, and that's fine because Apex does this way too. I l- and so does PUBG. Most of them do this way. I love that in Blackout, you can just pick up as much ammo as you freaking want, and like it doesn't take up inventory space. You know, it's like the, the games are so fast that you're just picking shit up that like that like I'm picking up shotgun ammo and I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just like I just need to find a gun and I'm gonna hit square so I can pick up a gun. You know, so if I get into a fight with somebody, I have something. And then later on, like, oh, I got to pick up the sniper ammo because I need sniper ammo. It's like, you're full. And I'm like, okay, what do I, what, why do you mean I'm full? Like, I don't have, I have eight sniper shots. I'm like, oh, I have 10 shotgun rounds. Now I need to go through this really slow inventory interface. Because the thing is, they only give you the inventory interface that's on your screen. You have to down the D-pad and then use the left, the right stick, the right, right stick. stick to go scroll over things. You have to hit like two two button presses to like get to drop something. You can't even just click over it and go drop. You have to select over it, select it, then hit drop. Um, it's they don't need the option of hitting like start and going to an inventory screen. You know what I mean? Like at least if it was that, like, yeah, it's more dangerous, but at least it's like, I can do it faster. You know what I mean? Um, and this is not a game that was designed for a, like a mouse and keyboard. This was like, this is a, you know, this is a console game. Well, actually um, it probably was designed with mouse and keyboard in mind. Yeah, but that, yes, but I mean, I will say that Battlefield is a PC skew, but like, it's still like, it's a major console game as well. It's not, I'm I'm saying it's not like PUBG, which was a PC PC game. game. They're just like, here's the PC interface on a console. Like, figure it out, guys. Like, that's like what they did. Like, that's not what Battlefield's doing, you know? Um, So that whole system needs to be sort of reworked. It doesn't like... 95% 95% of the time it doesn't get in the way, you know, the inventory, but it does get in the way when you, because it shows you all this stuff on screen, but guess what? If you have a big enough backpack, there's stuff, even more stuff that's not on your screen. That's on a sub screen that you have to go to by hitting down on the D pad. And sometimes your armor plates and stuff will go into that sub backpack thing. And you have to, you have to bring it up and switch it out for something else. And again, it's not a fast looting process or fast inventory process which sucks like to me stuff like health health is always there health they always keep where it's supposed to be 
So if like armor plates should be that same sort of like priority. It's always it's always right or left in the D pad. Like it just it's there. If you don't have anything, just like the grenade section, you just don't have anything there. Like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be oh I want do I carry armor or do I carry a grenade launcher? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like like to to you know in, in like a in a ration a rational inventory system. Yeah. But um so that's the problem the map I totally agree. I feel like all the other places, all the other games that we've played have very distinct places you can land. Um, and they have a personality to them. And this game does not have those distinct places. It it doesn't have like... like It should have like, oh, here's like the, the big town where it has like a cathedral or it has like a clock tower and a, and a town square and it has, you know, it has like shops and then it also has houses on the outskirts. Like it doesn't have any, it's just like, here's some one to two level houses that all are the same. You know what I mean? Like, and we'll put them into slightly different configurations and yeah, there'll be a couple places that are different, but it's not enough. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of that is probably because, Hey, everything get, can get destroyed. So everything has to be of a certain, like makeup and, and framework, but That's a good point. But they, but you've got to, but there's got to be something, yeah. you know. Like you, you've got to, you got you to do something. Um, I will say that I think for me, for just the way I play, the shooting to me is my favorite in any of the games because it's, it's sort of this in between between like what something like Blackout does, which is just. And when we, when we go back to it now, when we go back to Blackout after playing the other games, I'm like, this is so fast. I can't even handle it. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm on I feel crack like a god when, when I go back to Blackout because it's like, oh, I can, I'm just melting people in like half of a second where it usually oh, takes me Oh, well, the time to like, kill, yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yes. like if, if, when, we're, when we go back to it tomorrow, I'm going to mm-hmm. hopefully just like mow a bunch of people down being like, doesn't take anything to kill them it's like you look at them and they die <laughs> hopefully they don't look at no, me but I, mean, first. I feel like just like the movement i feel like i was on speed the last time we went back to it like when we first started playing yeah like my like my the twitch that i had going on it was it's just so much faster um uh battlefield is like in between that and like the slowness of you know battlegrounds or something like that it's got this like great like middle ground to me where the guns feel like they have weight the, the sniping feels really good for me it just feels like okay, I, I feel like this shot should hit them. Like, if I lead them this way and they're running this way, if I pull the trigger now, it should hit them. And it hits them. You know, it, you get that. You have a, it, it feels good. Um, the weapons feel mostly all viable in, in, in their own way. You know, obviously, a sidearm isn't going to do a lot for you, but anything you pick up, you're going to be able to do something with, at least to start the game. Um, yeah, it looks great. Uh, and the, the circle, I, I, it's tough to like just tell you tells for me to speak out loud and you understand the feeling that happens when you're in the middle of a firefight the circle and the circle closes in and you're in a building and the building just fucking blows up around you and you just have this feeling like it's just this guttural like human like animal reaction which is like holy shit there's fire. I got to get the fuck out of here. Like that's the feeling you get. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's loud and it's, it, it's, it, it, it's like, it's destructive and it's, it's disconcerting. We've, pl- we've played what? 400 hours 
probably of these battle royale games we've been dealing with oh shit the circle's coming for a long time and none of them have the feeling that this does no none of them when you're in it you can't see a fucking thing you when you're running through to try to get back into it like hopefully there's not a cliff in front of me because i'm never going to know because i can't see in front of my face that's how crazy it is you're literally on fire when you're in it um it's nuts uh i will say i mean i do worry about it because we it's only a week or so old and we're getting into matches with like 35 people you know and it only has to fill a 64 person squads uh map so i worry about the game already because battlefield 5 didn't do amazingly they did well but not how much they wanted it to do and it feels to me like maybe they missed their window they might have but like to be really success to be really successful with it i i I agree um although i'm more confident in it than i am blackout because we're Mm -hmm. getting another call of duty game next year right what's gonna happen to blackout we're yeah. not getting another Battlefield game next year. And they supported the hell out of Battlefield 1. So they did. I'm hopeful yeah. that yeah. a year from now, we're going to go back and we're going to say, like, you know, if we're, if we're checking back in on Firestorm, we're hopefully still playing yeah. it, that we'll be like, okay, wow, they added a lot of stuff to this. Yeah, which I think would be great. I just hope the player base is there to do it. Yeah. In addition, you know, the thing I don't worry about with Call of Duty, and even though obviously Blackout is free for the entire month this month coming up so if you're listening to this from the april 2nd to the 30th or whatever it blackout's just free so you can download it and play it um which i recommend if you like battle royales that you do if you, have, if you haven't played it so obviously they're trying their own things but i don't worry that like there's gonna be people playing call of duty right like yeah. you know it, even if they switch to modern even modern warfare 4 comes out next year and now we have to buy modern warfare 4 to play whatever the battle royale mode is you're, we're able to get into games right in that yeah. in that mode we're not going to be we're not going to be hurting for at least some mode in, in in that um and i'm worried about that battlefield which i hope is not true because i i want to keep playing it my, my ideal would be between firestorm and apex like that's like that's the good balance I agree. for me check in on blackout every once in a while um but those are the two um and what i love about this is that we did we had no idea apex was coming so i i I'm excited also to see whatever, whether it's a huge developer or a developer we don't even think of popping up with their own like crazy ideas and stuff for what a battle royale can be. So, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see about what that is. Uh, let's say listener questions, Justin. Sure. Why not? We'll go through them quickly. This is from Melissa, friend of the show. She says, I know Bobby is a fan of exploration story driven games. Like I am. If you could place an exploration walking sim type game in any environment, where would it be? Hmm. What's your answer for this? Well, I could say that if you're just looking for like a location, um, what what I really want, the game I want, that's a walking sim. I want like lost the walking sim. Like that's what I want. You know, I want like, that island, that world, that mist, you know, mystery. Did you ever play the Lost video game? Yes, the Via Dominus. Yes, the game is terrible. It is. <laughs> I was so excited about it. Me too. I was like, oh yes, I love Lost. This video game, like, oh, the Carlton Cuse and Dame Linnoff had, had involvement in it. It's gonna be awesome, and it was terrible. Yes, it was. It was. It was the worst. But like a like Gone Home, like Tacoma ish 
style game set in the lost universe, whether it's not necessarily following the, the events of the show, but somewhere in that mythology, uh, I, I would love that. I'll say somewhere in space, like a walking sim in space, like on Europa or something like, like, uh, like in a, on a future. Yeah. Like on a future station on like Europa where I can look up and Jupiter, look at Jupiter all the time, like something like that. Or like, a you know depending on how this marvel these marvel games come like let's say you know where let's say you're walking around um xavier school for the gifted or avengers mansion or you know one of those where you're just like walking around looking at artifacts and like high detail from like marvel's history or something like that the hall of justice one of those you want to read the second question justin from this person named hugh yeah troublemaker with Google Stadia being as powerful as the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro combined, what do you think the console maker's response in terms of power for this next gen will be? Well, I don't know if we'll be able to see what their response is going to be because the PS5 and what's the scar- the code name for uh, the Xbox, the new Xbox, Scarlet? Scarlet, yeah. yeah. Their SKUs are already in. Uh, developers probably already have boxes. So we won't be able to see what their response is in terms of horsepower to uh stadia because those specs were in way before stadias were uh ever announced um right yeah we're definitely going to see a bump up in power would it be close to what stadias is i don't know um it's going to jump up i would expect if we're going with teraflops you know the xbox one x is in that six range i wouldn't be surprised if they push it to something in the closer to seven eight nine range and what was i think Mm -hmm. stadia was in 10 i mean they're definitely going to be boosts of power microsoft's E3 is going to be very interesting this year because, you know, Phil Spencer has said that, you know, they feel, um, what was it, justified or vindicated about the streaming thing that they're going to be they're going to be talking about at their E3. Um, I don't think in terms of hardware um, horsepower, we'll get to see the big twos response, but it'd be interesting to see add ons like um, streaming or um ease of use uh we'll we'll see if either microsoft or sony um have any response to google in those areas um Mm -hmm. but i i don't know if if they'll get to match the horsepower the the thing about the stadia thing and i think chasing horsepower this is where your initial problem is that yeah google stadia thing was okay one shard is that but they can provide like 10 of those to somebody if, if they want to use them so you're in a losing battle you're never going to be able to match the, that sheer horsepower because it's, it's just not the same thing there google is not selling this stadia powerhouse to a person you know the, so the price doesn't really matter to them because it's all internal right they don't have to sell to a consumer market I think Microsoft and then maybe Sony surprises us, right? Maybe Sony is like, yeah, we didn't talk about it, but we got the streaming thing too, or whatever, you know, so maybe that happens. Microsoft has been full force about it really for years now talking about this eventual future. And so what I think Microsoft's pitch is going to be, is going to be, you could play these games anywhere you want, any device. We're going to have the Xbox app is going to be available on Fire Stick, Roku, you know, Apple TV, Switch, whatever. You can stream those games, you can play them wherever you want, but for those of you who want to make sure your experience is as high fidelity as possible, if you want to make sure that you own you, you know, you have physical copies or you, you, know, you have a place you can actually download the games to, we're also going to sell you this very nice 
very expensive box that will play them at the best quality possible. Um, and, and, or, or you will also put them on windows so you can play them on your nice fancy PC. I think Microsoft is going to be very much more in that pitch. I think for most people who are already people who play video games, that's going to be a more welcoming pitch to them than the Google sort of side of things. Because the Google side of things is, is I think intimidating to a lot of people because we don't, we obviously we don't know what the structure is yet, but it pretty much obliterates the idea of game ownership, right? It, it just throws it out the window. And I think that scares some people. So I think that you're going to see what happens on the other side with, um, with Microsoft. Sony, who knows? I have, I have no idea what Sony's doing. We'll see a new box from them next year. Yeah. This only feels to me like we got the PS five. It's more powerful than the PS4. That's what I feel like the pitch is going to be. And we're Sony. Like the vibe of their sort of pitch is going to be. We'll see. Maybe, like I said, maybe they've learned from their mistakes and they won't fall into those traps again. And we also got a question in from uh, Twitter at big underscore pop underscore G on Twitter says, do you feel obligated to find time to play games? Justin. Yes. (laughs) 100%. I mean, doing talking games for all those years, it was... You know, if I had free time, I mean, I love video games. That's mm. not a secret. I it, It's my biggest hobby. It's what I enjoy doing when I have alone time. Um, but, yeah, there are some nights where it's like I am tired and I, I don't feel like doing this. Um, but I like I want to get this this game done or I, I want to start this game so I can have impressions for it for the show. And mm. a lot of that was why I ended up um, burning out a little bit. Yeah. And um, taking a break from podcasting. And now we're back doing it because we we missed having these conversations. But like, yeah, we originally were going to record this show three or four days ago. Yeah, and then it was like, well, I haven't got to spend any time in Sekiro yet, and like, maybe I wasn't ready to jump into it yet. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have those like early impressions for the show, and it's like sometimes I'd much rather just sit and play a battle royale with Bobby and get frustrated and want to throw things. <laughs> but you know we're doing this and we want to be as informed as possible and so sometimes yeah i mean you feel obligated like you have to do something but that's like one percent of the time the other 99 percent of the times is i want to play Sekiro because i hate myself or i want to play metro because i want to see what's going on with metro exodus or (laughs) i want to play whatever is upcoming this month which we're going to talk about in a second and play that because i think it looks cool um you know the obligation part is a small part it's like, you know, I feel obligated. I have to go to the gym. Yeah, but when I'm at the gym, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So, right. and it's a, it's a very small portion of it. But I think that's like with anything. Doing a show is only part of it. And yes, doing talking games or when I did talking comics, it's the same thing, right? When I when I did the movie review show, I did I used to do like you have that feeling like okay, I've got to watch, I've got to play, I've got to read stuff because I need to be able to talk about stuff when I sit down and not the same stuff I've been talking about, blah, 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 blah. When we were doing a weekly show, it was much more of an ever present thing for me. You know, I mean, the point of the show was kind of to not overextend ourselves in that way, to not make feel like we had to play games that we didn't want to play, or just feel like we had to be up on games that we weren't necessarily interested in playing. The obligation for me, it comes more just from like, an internal weirdness whether i was doing a show or not i want to know is this game that everybody is excited about any good you know whether i was ever going to speak into a microphone about it or not i have a like need to know about that kind of stuff yeah i mean 
that's for me as well. Like I told myself, I'm going to play less video games the year that I wasn't podcasting mm -hmm. or eight or nine months. I ended up playing more than I did the year before. <laughs> because like for people like you and me, like this is, it, it's almost more than a hobby as, yeah. you know, as cliche as it's going to sound like this is like a way of life for you and me. Yeah. Like we listen to other video games. We do a video game podcast and we listen to other video game podcasts mm -hmm. because we're interested in like, what's the story on this latest thing? Like, mm -hmm. what are other opinions going around about Sekiro, about I, uh, Baba Is You? Mm -hmm. And that's how we find out about games that, like, we didn't know about. If we weren't so keyed in, like, we would have probably missed a bunch of really awesome games over the years that we might not have played otherwise. Yeah. So sometimes that quote-unquote obligation is, like, a really good thing. And I personally really enjoy, whether it was doing the comic stuff or doing the game stuff or even when I did movie stuff, I always loved like the, oh, okay, we've got two months before we record our show where we talk about the stuff that with the best stuff of the year. I've got two months to play, read, watch as much as I can before we get there. And because and I, I, I love like the filling out the list. I love like the feeling of like, okay, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did this. Like And, and looking at the list of games I've played this year or movies I've seen, you know, and being like, Oh man, I got to this many games that I finished. Like, that's awesome. But let's talk about the stuff we're excited about this month. We're doing this stuff a little different than last time. We're going to just talk about a couple of games that we looked at the list and we decided that these are the ones that we're most excited about. Um, and one D34Pixel asked us on, on Discord about this. Um, looking forward to any April releases. Uh, I think the this list conveniently, I think, has one that I'm very excited about, one that you're very excited about, and one that I think we're both pretty interested in that uh to play so mortal kombat 11 is coming out this month i love the modern mortal kombat games i mean there were games that i played when i was a kid i played the super nintendo version of the game and was jealous of my friend who had a genesis who got the got to see the blood or whatever but um i took a long break from them but then with mortal kombat 9 i got really back into them and loved the story mode x still very good not as good everything i've seen of 11 i'm like super pumped for they just did that new... I don't know if you saw that new trailer or not, Justin. I saw it, yeah. There's like a new time travel component where they're going back in time to like past versions of the characters and changing the timeline around. And so like, I'm I'm into it. Uh, because like, I look at those games and like, I just don't have any interest, which is probably how most people feel when we talk about like battle royales or first person shooters and stuff. But I look at it and I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm never going to play it. Looks pretty though. What about you, Justin? Uh, Days Gone, which mm. is something that you and I have gone back and forth on. Yeah, that's the usual response I get from Bobby. And um, I don't remember if this was one of our pre-podcast conversations, but you were like, why are you going to play a game that looks so mediocre and everyone says it's mediocre? And then like two days later, they had a big preview event and like a bunch of people were really positive on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, like just those like open world like type of games like assassin's creed like i'll always check those out especially if it's from sony first party like they usually make pretty good games and yeah. i always just thought like this looks fine like this will be one of those games like check for me like this will probably be like a checklist game where you know like a far cry i just like play the game and as just a way to like decompress um but supposedly the game has like six hours of cutscenes. like it's way more story focused than they make it seem um, it is a Sony first the, party game. Yeah, this is true. They're, um, all their games are that way. And I don't know, like some of the preview stuff made it seem like they worked on a lot of stuff from when people first got their hands on it. Um, so 
it was one of those deals I got from Target. Uh, so I will, hopefully I'm done with, uh, I'm not going to be, but hopefully I'm done with Sekiro by then. I'll be able to jump in before we get to the next podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of it, honestly. I, I yeah. The, the the part about it for me is like I don't think it's going to be terrible. That's not anything. I don't think that at all. I just look at it and go like, this looks like eight other video games that were popular like six years ago that they put into a new game. Like the zombie my, thing yeah. just makes me yeah. want to fall asleep. Oh well, like yeah, people say that, but really, there's not that many games of zombies out there anymore. I feel like the whole like zombies are so overplayed thing was a legitimate complaint four or five years ago. But there's really not that many games with zombies anymore. Not good ones anyway. <laughs> yeah. But they made so many of them. They made so many of them, but they yeah. also make so many first person shooters and so many action RPG fantasy games and so many of this and so many of that. Like it's just it's it's its own uh, genre. Yeah, now. but zombie is a very particular like th- it's not like a, a fantasy RPG that could be like a million different things like when it comes down to plot and all that kind of stuff and like uh, like setting or like that. This is just like we're sons of anarchy, but there are zombies. It's kind of what it looks like. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. Everything they've showed of it just looked very boring to me. Um, and then uh, a game called Dauntless is coming to console this month. I don't yeah. th- I don't think it has an exact date on it, but it said they've said April 2019. I didn't even know that a, until you put it in the thing. <laughs> yeah, Dauntless is a monster hunter like uh, game. It's a it is free to play. I think it's free to play. Is I it? actually. I don't know, actually. Didn't you play I it played, at PAX or something? I played it. I played it Dauntless on PC at PAX, and I liked it. I was That's like, right. "Oh, now this is like a Monster Hunter clone that I could get into." It wasn't that in the half hour I got to play it. Like it wasn't so involved like Monster Hunter was, um, where I just got lost completely in it. It was like run around with your friends and kill these really hard monsters. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. th- that sounds fun. I'll do that. Um, I knew the Dauntless was coming to console, but kind of just put it on the back burner. So until you put it in the Google Doc today, I had no idea it was coming out this month. I had, and I just, I would have figured that it was a, you know, forty to sixty dollar game. So you're, this whole free play, uh, free to play thing is, you know, you've punched me in the face and caught me off guard. I'm interested in it. I mean, uh, I'm the same with you. I, I, the idea of Monster Hunter is so is really cool to me. I just. I couldn't break through like the obfuscation of it or whatever. So uh, it says Dauntless will also launch our PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in April. I don't, I can't. It's a free-to-play action RPG. If that's the case, then we're definitely going to stream it. And maybe we'll stream some of that new Blackout map sometime maybe too because it's free for the month and stuff. So people, maybe people want to see that this month. Um, all right. Those are the games we're excited about this month. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to write in like some of those listeners did, you should join our Discord it's weird to give out a discord link because it's like a lot of weird letters and numbers. Um, but if you check our Twitter, which is at monthly reset on Twitter, there's a link to it there. Also, if you go to anchor.fm slash monthly dash reset, you will see our, um, all our information, all our socials, how to join the discord there as well. It's a great community of people, um, talking about games, talking about movies, um, talking about books, talking mostly making fun of me. People do make fun of you, but that's cause I'm there and Hugh is there. So that's always just going to happen. True um and chuck and chuck as well that's right chuck is there subscribe to the podcast um we're on pretty much everything now except for itunes anchor is taking a long time to get us uh, our own itunes feed but if you listen on google play or you listen on stitcher you listen on other places we're all there um uh it's we'll i'll keep putting out on the talking comics feed until we have a our our own um, itunes feed and then we'll go from there um i'm also working on 
we're not going to have like a, a, a like a, a real website, but I'm looking at I I bought Justin. I bought the domain name monthlyreset.com. I looked at buying the domain name today, <laughs> and um, we we have it. So you know, they'll, they'll, I'll be able to create easy links. You know, monthlyreset.com/slash/discord or something like that, so people can join the, those things a lot easier than having to hunt down links. Um, email us um, monthlyresetpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Justin at Parkley76. So yeah, write in. Let us know what games you're excited about. If you've been playing Sekiro, let us know your thoughts on it. What do you think of Apex versus Firestorm? What do you think of Battle Royales in general? Let us know. Um, But that's going to do it uh, for this month. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you to everyone who listened. Until next time, be good to one another.